Hallelujah, Jesus, you're so worthy, God. You're so lovely, Lord God. It is truly by his grace and mercy that he is able to dwell inside of you. Oh, wretched man that I am who delivers me from this body of death, I thank God through Jesus Christ. It is by his grace and by his mercy, as the song says, that he dwells inside of you, that he visits that place, that temple that is standing right here in front of me. It is by his grace and mercy. It is because he loves us. Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is your name, Lord God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Again, um, man, our God is just good. He's great. I'm just happy to be here. I'm thankful for everybody here that I see today. I'm thankful for the worship team. I'm just happy to be a child of God. Got a visitor. Brother David's back again. Hallelujah. Let's give it up for the Lord. Let's give it up for the Lord. Let's give it up for the Lord. Let's give it up for the Lord one more time. One more time. get one
All right. Well, go ahead and open up service in prayer because I love to pray to God, and I know you guys do too. Wait for Brother Nate. Thanks again, brother. Heavenly Father, we adore you. We love you, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy, for dwelling inside of us, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to be the righteousness of your Son. God, you are a God of miracles. And I'm standing here, Lord, because, because I'm a miracle, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for forming me in my mom's womb, and I thank you, Lord God, for bringing me to where I am now, out of a broken family, Lord God, and into your presence, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would use me, Lord God, in a way that brings glory to your name, Father God. Humble me, Lord. Father, I deny myself right now, Lord God, and I ask that you would communicate through me, Spirit of God. Father, I ask that you would penetrate the hearts of these young people, Lord God, and that you would burden them with desire to know you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Does this mic sound weird? I kind of sound like I sound weird. Hello, hello. It didn't sound like that weeks before. This is my third time. <clears throat> now, maybe it's because I think it's I think it's my my voice is a little hoarse for some reason. I apologize. Um, man, again, like I always communicate when I get up here. I, I really, really love being up here. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to speak into your lives. Um, I pray that God will continue to just convict my heart, continue to show me who he is through his word, um, and that I would just continue to diminish, um, continue to be less and less so that he could be more in my life. Um, last week we talked about God's love for humanity, and this week we're going to talk about our love for God, and then next week we're going to talk about our love for others. So we talk about the beginning, God's love for humanity. We talk about the first greatest commandment, our love for God. And then the second greatest commandment, our love for our neighbors. Now, our love for God, I almost broke it up into like, there's just so much information in the Bible about our love for God. And last week, I kind of preached for a long time. If you didn't notice, praise God, because I didn't notice. But... I didn't want to, um, to be too long-winded this time. So I almost broke it up, but I didn't. We're going to try to fit it all in. <clears throat> so number one, we want to talk about how does the Bible instruct us to love God? Because the Bible's the infallible word. I don't care how man tells me to love God. I care about how his word tells me to love him. Right, David? I know, man. You, me and you, we right here, bro. That's what I like about you. I'm glad you're here. How does the Bible instruct us to love God? Deuteronomy 6.5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And that is repeated in Scripture multiple times, including in the New Testament. So we know that the Bible says to love God with all your mind, heart, and strength, and your soul. Deuteronomy 10.12. Speaking to Israel, God says, What does the Lord... Your God require of you, but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So the pattern is to love God with all your mind, heart, and soul. 
Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul. So we need to understand what mind, heart, and soul means. What is he requiring of us? Because he says it again in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Mark 12, 30, Luke 10, 27. As Jesus repeating what the scripture says in the Old Testament, he's bringing it back during his day and age. So he's just, look, this is what they said before. Ain't nothing changed. I'm just here to fulfill. So the first question that I had whenever I'm thinking about this, and maybe you have the same question, is if I'm a wretched man, if for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, how can this sinful body love God with all my mind, heart, and soul? The beauty of it was in last week's message, the love of God for humanity. He sent Jesus Christ into the world that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we have life through Christ. It's in Romans chapter 6. It speaks about the love of God towards us and sending Jesus to become the righteous of God through him. Jesus Christ is crucified. Jesus as Christ was crucified. Our flesh is crucified. And just as he arose from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So it's, it's, it's like a reflection. Jesus, he came down from heaven. He bore all the sins of humanity. And he was crucified. He died. Then on the third day, he resurrected from the dead. Whenever we give our lives to Christ, whenever we're born again, when we become that new creation, like I talked about a few weeks ago, that's what happens to us. We should be dying to ourselves, and we should be resurrecting as a new individual. We should be walking with a new mind, a new heart, and our soul is, is, is in the works. It's, it's going to get there. That's where we want to spend eternity. We want to spend eternity with God in heaven. So if you believe that you have died with Christ, then we should know, you should know, that you are also to be dead to sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. So if all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, in essence, we've got we, we to die to ourselves. Everything that we desire has to, has to perish. And we have to align ourselves up with God's holy word, his holy instructions, his commandments. That's what we need to be in line with. And if we're not, then you check yourself and you realign. If you don't know the word, then you won't know how to align yourself because you don't want to take it from me. You want to take it for yourself. It is my obligation to serve you. It is my obligation to lead you. But it is your obligation to know what God's word communicates so that you can walk in his commandments and in his ways and be pleasing in his sight. Because, again, in Deuteronomy, it said, Fear the Lord your God, walk in all of his ways, and love him. This is what God requires of his people. Walk in his ways, love him, fear him. Serve the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Now, the fear it's talking about here, I want to clear this up because I had some people, they're not here, but either way, you could be in the same situation. Read the book of 1 John. And I just want to make sure I clear this up because I don't want any confusion. In the book of 1 John, chapter 4, starting in verse 18, the word of the Lord says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The fear that is talking about in Deuteronomy is not the same fear. This is fear of torment. This is fear and trembling. The fear that God wants you to have for him is reverence. He wants you to reverence him. It's a sense of respect. I respect God. I respect his ways. I reverence him. I bow down to him. I recognize that he's creator and I'm created. So I submit my life to him and I worship him. It's that type of fear. 
It's not fear and trembling like you just seen a spider. I know most of y'all are scared of spiders. Don't try to act tough. It's not fear like that where you want to get all shaky and scared in your boots, but it's a fear of respect and reverence to God. So love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul. We're going to talk about heart. The average human heart beats 70, has 72 beats a minute. I mean, it's 72 beats a minute. It will beat approximately 2.5 billion times during a lifetime, span about 66 years. Somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Guys, you guys were fearfully and wonderfully made. You guys have a, a, a wound. It, it scabs up and it heals. You know, it scabs up to protect germs from coming in. All I'm trying to do is just explain to you how awesome God is. I mean, if you ever study anatomy, which I haven't, but I dabbled with enough to know just how amazing the human body is, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and I probably even shouldn't say anything about this because I don't know what I'm talking about, but I've seen on the show before of like the cells that you have operating in your body, they're like little machines. They're like, they form tasks. And it seems if, as if though humanity has done nothing but copy, 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 copy everything that God has already done. So if you ever get a chance to study anatomy, do it. It's really cool. And it just really, really magnifies the glory of God. So that's amazing to me. 2.5 billion times during a lifetime. That thing just, it just keeps beating, man. If that thing stopped beating, you would die. All the blood is not pumping through your body no more. And you would just, you'd be done. So the heart. Thoughts or feelings. It's your will. The mind and the heart, they're in direct relationship. The Bible says that whoever looks at a woman and lusts for her, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So what that tells me is that I'm looking at somebody in a way that I shouldn't. And because I'm looking at her in a way that I shouldn't, there's been a crime against God, an offense against God that has just happened inside of my heart. Feelings come from the heart and then they go to the mind. Jesus says that where you, where, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will also be. So the question you have to ask yourself as a child of God, if you're not a child of God, come see somebody afterwards. We'll talk. You can surrender your life to Christ. We will disciple you, shepherd you, and hopefully you will understand that God is sovereign, that God is awesome, God is lovely, and you will submit your life to him because you're not. Um. So wherever your treasure is, this is where your heart also has to be. Is your treasure here or is your treasure in heaven? Are you living for heavenly riches or are you living for worldly riches? Because there's a difference between the two. Because if you're living for heavenly riches, you're probably on God's team. If you're living for worldly riches, ain't no problem about it. You are not on God's team. Okay? If you don't know, now you know. Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart speaketh the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart speaketh the mouth. So, the Bible says that your eye is the lamp to the body. So, everything that you allow to come through is going through your body because now your body is illuminated because your eyes are illuminating it and it's getting deposited into your heart. That's where all this stuff begins to come out. When you start talking trash, you start cursing against people. You start talking back to your mom. You start being a negative person. Out of the abundance of the heart speak at the mouth. 
So if we are to worship God, if we are to love God with all of our mind, heart, and soul, you need to align your heart. You need to align your eyes. This is the lamp to your body. You got to be careful what you deposit inside of your body because it's going into your heart. And if you got to love God with your heart, the form of what you put inside of your heart is a direct indication of your love for God. Are you loving God with all your heart? Because that's what he requires. That's what you have to ask yourself. This is what I got to ask myself every day. And the thing is, it doesn't stop because it's a constant war that's going on inside your members. And the devil wants to mess you up and God wants to love you. And we continue to choose to be messed up than to be loved by God because of the things that we're choosing to do. Every second of every day, I have to make a conscious decision to serve God. Every day. It never fails. Thoughts will come and they will go. They will come, I will rebuke. They will come, I will rebuke. They will come, God forbid I fall. By the mercy and grace of God, he will keep you. But it's just like I was sharing with my rangers. Um, there's still rangers. Anyway, I was sharing with them, people pray to do good on a test, but they don't study for it. Okay, you got to do your part too. All right? You have to do your part. Jesus said, and most of the stuff I'm talking about is stuff that Jesus said, our Lord. 15, 8, and 9. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus is speaking to the scribes and Pharisees, and he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 29, 13. And what he's saying, he's saying that they're drawing near to me in an outward appearance. It's the same illustrations he gave whenever you go out in the open to pray or you give money so people can see you. That's the wrong condition of the heart. If you're doing it for the glory of man, or if you're doing it so that you can get worldly recognition, then that's the wrong reason to do it. If you're going to properly worship God and love God with all of your heart, then you have to check that kind of stuff too. Everything that you do needs to be checked and it needs to be tried by the word of God. Jesus said that in vain they worship me. Their hearts are far from me. It don't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you confess. I, I know out of the abundance of the heart speak of the mouth. I know, but what's in your heart? Because you can say the same thing, and it can mean two different things. I can say, praise the Lord, but do it because I want Bobby to think I'm cool or holy and righteous, and it's wrong. I can say, praise the Lord, and do it because I mean it, and because I fear God, and I love God, and I'm sensitive to His Spirit, and it'd be a glorious, beautiful thing to God, and a great form of worship. They draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, and their heart is far from me. This is what we have to check. What is our will? What is our desire to do things? Do we take a second look, fellas, at girls when we shouldn't? Right now, it's so easy to get messed up in pornography. It's not even funny. The doggone internet, man, it can be the greatest resource and it can be your worst enemy. I've heard of people that have accountability things set up inside of their system. I recommend that. You say you ain't got no money to afford it. You go and you tell your mama or your daddy, man, I am sinning against God. I'm going to go to hell. Tell them. 
I'm scared. And they'll say, well, we got to do something about that. And they might take your internet away from you. Sorry. But you can suggest the accountability thing. Say, we ain't got to take it away. You can just set this thing up for me. $8 a month. Excuse me. $8 a month for you to be accountable. And then when you go to click, you're like, oh, man, if I go there, man, they're going to know I went there. Even though God knows, that's just how we think, man, because our hearts are wrong. We have to align our hearts. If God says, I require for you to walk in my ways, to love me, to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul, then we have to understand what it means, and then we have to apply it in our life. Mind. The mind is a beautiful thing. If, um, Pastor, did you read the Disciplines of a Godly Man? I think chapter 6 is Discipline of the Mind. I got a lot of statistics from there. It's a really, really good book. Um, I, I haven't even finished reading it, to be honest with you. But, um, but I will, and I'll probably read it again after that. Human brain. 12 to 14 billion single cells that may, not, that may be connected with 10,000 neighboring cells. So if you do the math, 12 billion times 10,000, it's an unparalleled computer. The activity of the mind has been compared to 1,000 switchboards, each one being big enough to serve New York City, all running at full speed as they receive and send orders. There is more electronic equivalents in one human brain than in all the radio and television stations in the entire world put together. Did you hear that? That's an amazing fact there. There is more electronic equivalent in one human brain than in all of the radio and television stations in the entire world put together. And who made your mind? God. I do that with my son all the time. When he thinks something amazing, I'm like, who made it? God. That's right. God is good. The discipline of the mind is extremely important because the mind is a communic it's the communicator of our next move. It's a communicator of our actions. This is why we must program our minds with the word of God and not with the things of the world. A lot of children these days, unfortunately, are being programmed with TV. And if you don't know, you got to be real careful because your mind is being infiltrated with sexual immorality in little, little small ways, a little Dorito commercial or something. Women are being prostituted in advertising like, like it's just crazy. It's got to grieve God because it grieves me. you got to be careful what you watch. Again, lamp to the body, you're depositing in your heart. That stuff comes out of you. And it ain't coming out to love God and it ain't coming out to worship God. It's coming out to defile you. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, is, that is, so he is. So however you think in your heart. Man, I, got, I almost got ran off the road on the way over here. And I was, I was a little upset, and I tried to condition myself because in this in particular situation, I wasn't the suspect, if you will. I was the victim. 
But there have been many times before where I've been the suspect. I've been the guilty one. And I kind of just, I kind of just, I, I, I have looked at what this individual did, and I'm like, man, that's me sometimes. Look at the testimony I'm leaving. But this guy, man, he was behind me, and I'm going five miles per hour over the speed limit. And I've got some tickets in the past, so I'm trying to be a good boy, if you will. And um, I'm going five over, because that's the rule of thumb. You can go five over, and it won't pull you over. It's not true, but it works most of the time. So the guy's behind me, and he's on my tail, like, really, really close. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy, man? And my first thought was to slam on the brakes, because I've done that before. That was not a smart thing, so I didn't do it, thank God. Because I might have made him angry. He might have hit my car. We could have gotten a fight at the next traffic light. I could have been killed. You don't know. So he keeps getting close to me. I said, you know, I'm just going to stay at five over. I ain't doing nothing wrong. And then he goes around me. And this is what burdened my heart the most is because when he went around me, it's the way they looked at me, man. It was like, like I was scum of the earth or something for going five over. And I'm thinking, what's going on in their mind? And I'm thinking, they're thinking, I was going fast and you wouldn't even move over or something like that. And I'm like, man, who are you? Who are you that you want to tell me what I have to do? You want to tell me I have to break the law? So I was just a little bit offended by it. <laughs> and in Proverbs, like I said, it says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So I realized that that individual probably needed Jesus. Um, Matthew see all right Matthew 16 13 through 27 this is a pretty neat little story here 16 verses 13 through 27 Jesus in this story he tells Peter that he is blessed for God has revealed to him who he is because he says you know they, they say who, I'm, who who do you say that I am he asked him who, who do, Jesus said to his disciples who do the people say that I am and they're like well some say you're Elijah some say you're a prophet. And he says, well, who do you say I am? And then Peter goes, you're the son of God. And he said, truly you are blessed because my father in heaven revealed that to you. So here you go. You got Peter being blessed. You're going to build the church upon this rock. And then a couple verses down, <laughs> Jesus says to Peter, because he's telling him, look, man, I'm going to go up into Jerusalem. I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to crucify. And Peter pulls him aside. And he's like, Lord, I rebuke that. You're not going to be crucified. And he's really passionate about it, you know. He's trying to save Jesus. <laughs> and um, Jesus, says, like, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So here you got Peter blessed god revealed some things to him seconds later this is showing his humanity he is getting yelled at by jesus get behind me satan and the reason why jesus said get behind me satan was why you guys remember i just read it because you are not mindful of the things of god when we're not being mindful of the things of god we're flirting on that line of i'm either serving god I'm serving the devil because there's only two to serve. I don't know when I said this, so if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But there's no middle team. There's no third team. It's I'm on God's team 
or I'm on Satan's team. You don't say, okay, I'm going to serve God today. I'm going to be mindful of the things of God today. I'm just going to sit right here. I'm not, oh, I hate the devil. But you're sitting right here. But then God's still over here. When you're not mindful of the things of God, Jesus told Peter straight up, get behind me, Satan, because you're not mindful of the things of God. Again, Deuteronomy. Love the Lord God with all your mind, heart, and soul. If you're loving him with your mind, you're loving him with the things that you are thinking, the things that you are saying, because out of the abundance of the heart, speak at the mouth. Even the places that you are. If you're a baseball player, if you're a musician, if you're a different type of athlete, if you're a poet, the things that should be being communicated should be a form of worship to God. Philippians 4, 8, things to meditate on to help you out. If you could put that one up, I'll read it. Philippians 4, 8, please. This is things to help you to things that you that you should meditate on to help you so that you can have a kind of like a guideline. This is kind of like a blueprint. You're like, man, my mind is so messed up, man, because I'm thinking about this stuff that Chad's talking about here. And um, man, I must be displeasing to God a lot throughout my day. But that's all right, because God still loves you. So I'm gonna tell you some things that you can do through the word of God to help you. To help you to meditate on these things so that you can um, be pleasing to God. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So when you're daydreaming in class about things you shouldn't daydream on, try to remember this scripture. Everybody commit this scripture to memory. Seriously. Because if you... If you if you think about these things and you meditate on these things, this is how you're going to shape your mind. You're going to condition your mind to be loving to God. Love God with all your, your mind, heart, and soul. If you want to love God with your mind, you have to love God with the things that are in his word, not with the things that you think are right or the things that other people think are right. God promises in the word that, through, that if you meditate, that you'll have great success and you'll be smarter than other teachers. Um, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Um, if you should do this, then you'll have great success. Um, it's in the book of Joshua. So, I mean, it's just all about studying the word, studying the word, studying the word, aligning yourself with the word. And then you got to ask yourself, what am I programming my mind with? What am I programming my mind with? Romans chapter 8, 5 through 6. Live according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. This is a pretty good little text here. Romans chapter 8. This is really what it's all about. If you're sleeping out there, shame on you. You ain't conditioned your mind right. That's why you're sleeping. It ain't offensive to me. It's offensive to God. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be cardinally minded is death, 
To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. You are an enemy of God if you are living carnally minded. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Guys, this is what God's word declares. If you're carnally minded, if you're thinking about things of the flesh, what are things of the flesh? They're natural things. They're things that are against God's standards. For out of, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, fornications, adulteries, murderers, deceit, wickedness, lewdness, uh, blasphemies, pride, foolishness. Our very nature, apart from Christ, is the flesh. If you are thinking on these things, if you are surrounded in your own little world, then you have made yourself higher than God, and you are being offensive to God, and you are carnally minded, and the carnal mind is death and enemies of God. You have to be spiritually minded. There's no way you can be spiritually minded if you don't study the Word of God and if you don't commit your life to prayer. Amen. Philippians 1, 27, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's another one. This is what you do on the baseball field. This is what you do on the football field. This is what you do on the basketball court. This is what you do when you're at home, when you think that there ain't nobody that's around, whenever the Holy Spirit is sitting right there with you. Make sure that your conduct is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? If you believe in Jesus Christ, you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify him in your body and in your spirit, which belong to him anyways. Food for the stomach, stomach for the food. But, uh, food for the stomach, stomach for the belly. God will destroy both it and them. God, the things that are natural don't matter. They will perish. You have to be spiritually minded. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Guys, that's not rocket science, man. We could do that. We could do that. Colossians 1, 19 through 23. Colossians 1, 19 through 23. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood on his cross. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he's reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present, your, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. I'll stop right there. I won't even read 23 because that's the important text that I wanted to speak on. Guys, if you believe in Jesus Christ, Praise God. Thank you. You guys are my brothers and sisters. It's great. If you believe in Jesus, then you, you've, already, you've already went past that first step. That first step is you're born into sin. You're alienated from God. Period. But God loves you like we talked about last week. Sent his son, died for you. Now you're born again into Christ. Now you're not alienated from God no more. Now you're a child of God. And you present your bodies holy and blameless, above reproach, in the sight of God. And then the last one on the mind is Revelation 2.23. Jesus searches the mind and hearts and will give to each according to their works. What is the solution to all of this? Basically, I talked about the solution all through the whole message. I'm closing right here. 
Jesus died for you and me, and now if we believe in him, we must also die to ourselves, our flesh, our carnal nature, and be renewed by the washing of the word. Peter, our good friend Peter, that was blessed by the Lord, and then he was yelled at by Jesus. He says in 1 Peter 1, 22-24, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Everybody understand that? Be doers of the word. What word? Nate, can we be doers of your word or God's word? Absolutely. Be doers of the word. Not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. <clears throat> Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, through the word, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. All flesh is grass. All the glory of man. The glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass will wither and the flower will fall away. What you do here in the flesh, in the carnal mind, according to your standards, not according to God's standards, will not make it through the fire. Where's your treasure? Condition your mind. It's not the idle words that you worship God with, but it's your heart. Don't say your treasure's here. I mean, don't say your treasure's in heaven, and then you get out of here and you do things totally contrary to the word of God. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. It offends me. And if it offends me, you better believe it offends Jesus. If you want to be offensive to Jesus, then do it. But if you don't want to be, and you want deliverance, you want truth, you want joy, you want peace, you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, and that's what you long for. Condition your minds to where your treasure is. Condition your hearts to where your treasure is. It's not about us. It never has been. It's about Jesus. Psalms 119.11 says, Hide your word I've hidden in my heart so that I will not sin against him. If it's hard for you, almost unbearably hard, you say, man, I've tried to condition my mind to Christ. It's just too hard. I tried to think spiritually minded. I tried to do things that glorified God. But it's just too hard. It's because it's spiritual warfare. It's because our hearts are wicked apart from Christ. It's because without Christ, there is no righteousness within us. It is hard. But it's easy through Jesus. It's hard if you do it on your own. God requires of his people. I'm one of God's people. To love him with all of your mind, your heart, and your soul. Be mindful of what you put in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, speak at the mouth. Your mind is a direct, is in direct relationship to the heart. You looked at a woman with lust, committed adultery in the heart didn't do anything it was just a thought you know the basic principles of God's word you can start right now you say to yourself 
man, I got some things that go on in my mind all day, today even, that were definitely not pleasing to God. That's not who I want to be. I'm called to be a chosen vessel for God. And now you're telling me that I'm not loving him with all my mind, heart, and soul, which is what he requires from his people. Guys, God's serious. I'm going to open up this time for the opportunity for anybody. wants to come to the altar for prayer I would be more than happy to pray for you Pastor Aldo would be more than happy to pray for you Pastor Vanessa would be more than happy to pray for you if you know there's some things in your heart and in your mind that are not in line with God's word you're not worshiping God with all your mind heart and soul you're just worshiping the things that you want to do Whatever you spend your time, money, energy on, that's a form of worship. What's consuming you? And then I'm going to also open the altar up here. For anyone who says, you know what? I'm a phony. I ain't never surrendered my life to Christ. I've been to the altar about 12 times. Never once did I know what the heck I was doing. But I'm serious this time. I'm going to condition my mind through the power of Christ, through the power of the Spirit. Because, guys, if you try to do it on your own, it ain't going to work. I'm going to make a commitment to read God's Word every day. What was it we said, Ryan? No read, no eat. No read, no eat. Put God's Word before your belly. Challenge yourself. I'll just give it a few more minutes if anyone wants to come up. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are so loving. I thank you for desiring a relationship with me. I thank you, Lord God, for revealing yourself to me. pray and I ask that you have mercy on every individual in here right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convict their hearts, Lord God, unto repentance. That they would surrender, Lord God, their thoughts, 
their passions, their desires. God, that every fiber within them, Lord God, can be directed towards you, Lord God. And they would begin to guard their hearts, Lord God, and present their hearts, Lord God, as a form of worship to you, Lord God, that they would love you with all of their heart and soul, that they would love you with their mind, my Lord. God, I surrender everything to you, Lord God. Your word says that if anyone wants to follow after me, they must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow after you, Lord. God, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few, Lord. Burden the hearts of these young people to be laborers, Lord God, for your kingdom, Lord. To bring glory to your name, my Lord. God, I honor you, Lord. I pray that you keep me in them, Lord. Keep us from the snares of the enemy, Lord God. Show us the spiritual battle that we face every day, Lord God. Let us be full of wisdom and discernment, Lord God. Teach us how to be servants of you, Lord, and of your people. Father, I adore you, and I ask, Lord, that you forgive me, Lord. That you forgive me, Lord, for not submitting my mind to you in totality. That you forgive me for not submitting my heart to you in totality. Use us, Lord, to bring glory to your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys for coming out. Love you, brother. Please don't forget uh, our Sunday service here at 1030 if you're here at 9 o'clock for prayer.